0: Welcome to the Rest
1: Eat Move
0: podcast by On Target Living.
1: Dieting is just it's a short-term fix and I think we're we're finding short-term fixes just don't work.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Rest Eat Move and I'm really excited today because I have not had the opportunity to have my daughter in the house and it's been a long time since she's and she's challenging. She's challenging to get a hold of. She's super busy. She has a new baby or had a new baby. Um, she's the executive chef for the governor of Michigan. She just did a presentation for us today at Ontario Living. So she is a registered dietitian and one of our presenters. And she's the author of the Target to Table Cookbook. She lives now in the East Lansing market. So my wife, Paula, is super happy about that. And we get to see both of her, not only her husband, Sean, but also her two sons, Brady and Brooks, which is the new addition to her family. So welcome in the house, my daughter, Kristen Brogan.
1: Woohoo, I'm in the house. This is like old times where we were in your your home office doing podcasts. Now we're officially in the studio. So Yeah. yeah, lots of things going on. All good. Thanks for rushing me.
0: I was rushing today, so why don't you (laughs) fill the listeners in on a little bit about what you've been doing, and then we can jump into the topic today.
1: Yeah, so I'm full time as an executive chef, so I'm still superfood focused chef, and you know, 40 hours a week, I'm cooking, I'm planning out meals, I try to spice it up. You know, I just got back from maternity leave, so I'm just finding ways to make you know healthy food taste good in an exciting way.
0: Tell, tell listeners a little bit about your experience cooking for the governor.
1: Yeah, it's just been very exciting. I would say it is it is a dream job. You know, they're very health-focused, so pretty much everything we do here at on Target Living, I've been able to do there, and so it makes my job way more fun when I can have more of that holistic-type focus, and we're always trying to spice it up. Right now, our team is doing a, soup, a three-day soup cleanse just to challenge ourselves. You know, sure. we don't really necessarily believe in diets, but we believe in a challenge every right. so often. So last year we did a three-day uh, smoothie cleanse. This year we're doing a soup cleanse. It's a little bit warmer and more fun than, you know, an ice-cold smoothie. But, yeah, it's, just, it's exciting, and every day is different. And, you know, we're not doing a lot of events um, still, but we're kind of gearing up for more and more things going on.
0: That's great. And then you have a a brand new um, little boy. Yeah,
1: he's still brand new, even though he's three months old. But he's just my sweet boy. He's cute and smiley, and he's in school with his big brother. And so that's going well and just navigating life with two versus one. And everyone says, well, wasn't one just so easy? And it was, but you don't know it until you You have two. two. So nope, it's all good. And I think we're going to go to Chicago this weekend just for a night and you know, do some fun stuff.
0: Right. No, it's great. We're, I mean, we're we're really happy to have all the grandkids um, close by, and it's fun, and we'll spend more time this summer up north, so no, we're all, all good about that. Uh, so everybody, this is the topic that I think many people are interested in this time of year. It's, again, we're not in the beginning of the year, but we're into a new year, and we wanted to talk about eating and dieting, and weight loss, and kind of everything around that? Because that's many of the questions we get each and every day. And the challenging thing, I think, sometimes, or frustration, I think, from some of our community is they, can you tell us exactly what to eat? Mm -hmm. Now, we can do that, but we know it doesn't work. Right. And so that's the conversation today is, okay, if my goal is to be healthier, and I would say, and you said this your whole life and your career, but as people get healthier, the weight just kind of takes care Mm -hmm. of itself. But there's nothing wrong with being focused I want to lose a few pounds. But I want to start out with a couple things, then I'm going to kick it over to you. But I I wrote this brand new book, as you know. I just came out in um, January, and it took me a couple years to write. But I spent a lot of time talking about dieting and weight loss kind of at the end of the the, the EAT section. But I thought there was some interesting stats here. And so when you think about dieting, we'll start with that. Why diets don't work? So in your opinion, why don't they
1: work? We laugh at work and we say, diets don't work. They make you hungry. Because I think the biggest thing that happens when you diet, you restrict, right? And a life of restriction doesn't work. We want freedom. So when you start to restrict something, guess what? You want it even more. You just do. That's just how the brain works. And
0: and I think you see a lot of this is you talk about being more fluid versus rigid you call it flow
1: yeah i mean you want you want that freedom when it comes to food i think dieting is just it's a short-term fix and i think we're we're finding short-term fixes just don't work we have to put a little bit more effort up in the beginning to make it a long term lifestyle and i i just think i know many of us are still focused on dieting and weight loss but When we think about it, there's always a new diet on the market. Why? Because it doesn't work. I mean, we have a lot of family members who have done the same diet 10 different times. Mm -hmm. So I just think instead of starting and stopping a program which takes a lot more energy, we kind of take those small steps so that we can build this lifestyle that really just helps us to flow in a more effortless way.
0: And I think the other thing, too, and we're going to get into this in a second, but When you think about um, being more focused and more intentional, Mm -hmm. I think we've all done that. I mean, I lose my mind over the holidays and I just kind of like I'm not doing the 80-20 rule anymore. It's like, hey, we're going to talk about that. But after the holidays are over, I think people get a little bit more focused and intentional. And I think we all flow with that during the year. Mm -hmm. A little bit more like you're saying, we're doing a soup cleanse for a little bit, a little bit more focused, but really leads into, okay, how do I develop this lifestyle? So I want to share with you just a couple, I think, some fun facts about dieting. And you kind of hit at the beginning. There's about 50,000 diet books on the market today. Why? <laughs> 50,000, not 5,000, mm-hmm. 50,000. And so, and if you looked at the weight loss industry, when I wrote my book, I was trying to look into all the weight loss products and things that people buy. But it's about a 60 to $70 billion a year industry with a 95% failure rate. Wow. So the failure rate is really, really high. Now, I tell people, every diet works short term because it's so focused. Right. And and we're going to get into that. But at the same time, why, does, why can't you sustain it? So here's a couple. In 1820, Lord Byram, to lose weight, started doing apple cider vinegar. So people think apple cider vinegar is something mm-hmm. that, Is just came out in the last, you know, handful of years. But in 1820, that was Lord Byram's, that was his (laughs) focus. In 1920, the Lucky Strike cigarette brand came out with a a slogan, reach for a lucky versus a sweet. And I remember your grandmother used to think that if she quit smoking, she would gain weight. And then reality is when she did quit smoking, she did not gain weight. So that was, this, that was the strategy. In 1950s was the cabbage soup diet, claiming you could lose 10 to 15 pounds in a week just eating the cabbage soup diet by itself. 1960s, Weight Watchers came on the market. That was a point system. They have changed a bunch of that stuff, which I actually think can be a really good program because it creates a lot of balance, but also a lot of awareness. Right. In the 1970s, again, this is craziness, but they came out with a Scarsdale medical diet. And it was a liquid diet of 700 calories. And people were actually dying from the Scarsdale diet. 700 calories was a liquid diet. And they stayed on it too long. Slim Fast came on the market. And then the cookie diet. Those are all in the 70s. And then in the 80s was the high carb, no fat. And I remember when I worked at Frito-Lay. Snackwell cookies, Mm -hmm. Entenmann's coffee cake. Grandma's favorite was less bread. So Mm -hmm. everything was high carb no or low fat. And I remember talking about this in Seinfeld. Actually, Jerry was consuming too much of that no fat yogurt and he was gaining weight. <laughs> so I thought there was a whole episode on that. In the 90s, it was the Atkins, South Beach, high protein, lower or no carb. That was a disaster. 2000, the FDA banned diet drugs like ephedra. But here's a crazy thing I thought. They came out with a powder called Ali. A-L-L-I. And they spr- you could sprinkle it on food, and it would decrease the absorption of the food. So your body wouldn't absorb the pizza or whatever you consume. You did get all
1: the fat and you, calories. It, you can
0: just go crazy. but So what's the point of eating mm-hmm. besides taste and you know, all right. the stuff that goes with it? But what about fueling the body? So anyway, that was craziness, and that was not that long ago. 2010 came out with the HCG diet, which is a fertility drug Combined with a five hundred to eight hundred calories a day of eating, mm-hmm. and no exercise involved at all. That was in two thousand and ten, and then today we're in the the ketogenic diet, which is the high fat, lower no carb diet. So, and and I wrote a whole blog on this, and I just you know there's lots of stuff on that. We don't have enough time to spend on that, but the challenging thing we always talk about dieting. If you take something out, you're gonna. So if you take a, a macronutrient mm-hmm. out like a carb or a protein, or a fat, you're going to have a macro problem. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at all these diets, generally they're manipulating something along the way. So I thought those were some fun facts to to share with everybody about dieting and how kind of extreme yeah. we're, we're going and into. Yeah, and unfortunately
1: we want extremes, but when you said 95% failure rate, I mean, a lot of these diets, they're not anything different. They're just reintroduced in a new extreme type of way. Throw butter in your coffee and, you know, it's trendy and it's sexy and it's easy. And, you know, eating healthy is simple. It's not always easy, but I think it does become easy when we start to build these healthy habits and then we don't think about it. When we get derailed over the holidays, that's okay. We just hop right back on because it's our lifestyle that picks us back up. So, I mean, we're going to always see these things, but I think even from I know we talk about when you restrict a macronutrient, you have a macro problem. But when we think about it from like a mindset perspective, we restrict something we want it. We crave it even more. We restrict our chocolate. We can't stop thinking about chocolate. We restrict our carbs. Guess what? All we want to do is eat carbs. And that I think is the problem with eating and it takes the fun out of it. So when you have more balance when it comes to food, you know, if you're living too healthy on a diet, you take the fun out of eating. And then what's the point? Or you eat too bad, too crummy food, and you take the fun out of life. You have no energy. So finding balance is where we need to go. And hopefully, eventually, we get to a point where we understand that it's our lifestyle. It's not a diet that's going to work. It's a lifestyle where we can have it all. We just are more aware and more mindful.
0: Right. Well, I was I was speaking, and I wrote this story in the book, but I was speaking in Colorado years ago, and, the, and we were doing superfood sampling at the end. And this guy comes up to me with a bunch of his buddies, and he said, can you tell our buddies about, you know, carrots, potatoes, and bananas? And I have no idea where this is going. So the the guy that I'm supposed to talk to was out in the hallway during my presentation, didn't hear a word, but he believes that carrots, potatoes, and bananas are poison. And so he's telling everybody in the room, you know, like, so what do you think of carrots, potatoes, and bananas? His buddies were asking me that. I said, well you know, bananas are very detoxifying, they're cleansing, they're high in potassium, their nature's perfect food, they taste amazing, and then, you know, good for gut health, and then we're talking about potatoes and serotonin and mm-hmm. good for gut health, and we got into, you know, carrots and the the, the beta carotene and on and on, on, and the guy stopped me and said, all those foods are poison. So again, when we're talking about weight mm-hmm. loss and dieting, people have their beliefs. Right. And it's very difficult sometimes to have them think that you said this the other day, like, you can eat bacon and bacon's completely fine, but I can't eat a bowl, bowl of oatmeal or an apple. And so one of the things you say in your mindful rules of to live by,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the, your first rule is... Common sense. Common sense.
1: So, yeah, let's break this down. If you want to be a more mindful eater, which means eating in the way that you want to, that's basically all you have to know. Eating in your own way where you're eating foods because you want to, because you like the way it makes you feel, not because someone says you have to. That's what mindful eating is. So you're eating in a way that makes you feel happy. The two rules to mindful eating are, number one, common sense. So while the science is always going to change, I mean, think about the science. Think about even when it comes in terms of COVID. The science has changed along the way, right? And I think it's, it's left people confused. The same is true of food. I mean, the science once said that trans fats were healthy for us, believe it or not. Now so what they're is banned. It, what is the trans fat? Hydrogenated oils. The body has no idea how to recognize it. So, you know, when when we think about science, you know, science is important, but the thing about science is it's always changing. One thing that will never change when it comes to food is our common sense. So yes, I mean, when we use our common sense, we know it makes no sense to eat as much bacon as we want, but we can't have a bowl of oatmeal or to put butter in our coffee or, to restrict our carbs. That's our energy source. You know, it's just if we can't follow a diet that we can feed our three year old, probably doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I
0: think that's a really good way to look at it. What is common sense? What would you feed your three year old mm-hmm. that? And the other thing, too, when you look at people in the morning, when you think about energy, why do I eat food? Food is a lot of things, as you mm-hmm. know, that's social, it's love. Right. But food is information and food is medicine for yep. the body. So when you think of caffeine, for example, we're not telling anybody they can't have a cup of coffee or whatever. But if you think that's the only way to have your energy throughout the day mm-hmm. and put a stick of butter in that, again, back to it's probably not that's something you wouldn't give your child right. on, a, on a consistent basis to have better energy and feel better. Mm-hmm. And the list goes on. So I like the whole idea of bringing the three-year-old because then people realize, okay, would you do that? And you can't really debate that because you're not going to feed your three-year-old um, protein bars all day or... Uh, bacon or coffee right. with a stick of butter, right? Well,
1: three-year-olds, I mean, I know their 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 rational thinking hasn't really been developed, but they do have their priorities, right? They know that they don't drink coffee. Coffee's yucky, right? Or that's mama's wine or, you know, right. this is... You know, they they know what real food is mm-hmm. and they can understand it. Same is true of movement. I mean, I ask Brady every day when he gets home from school, what did you do today? I played. You played all day? Yeah. Kids don't work, he says. So they have their priorities. <laughs> I, want, t-
0: I want Brady's life. You know,
1: you just want fun <laughs> stuff. And I think, you know, it gives people power and control when you know that you don't have to know what the science says. You don't have to know... You know, anything about a certain diet, you just have to use your intuition to make choices. And ultimately, it will always lead you to the right answer. I think we all know what foods we need to be eating. Where we start to get confused is when we make it complicated. And the world is complicated enough. Eating right. shouldn't be.
0: All right. So keep going. So the big one is common sense.
1: Yeah. So two rules. First one is common sense. And number two is choosing foods closest to the source because when you start choosing foods in their natural state, nothing's off limits. And that's what mindful eating is all about. Nothing is off limits. You're not restricting yourselves. You're not feeling like you're on some sort of diet. You're giving into the things that you love, but from the source. So you love chocolate, eat chocolate, eat cacao. That's raw chocolate. If you love chips, find a better chip. You know, you're not, you're making everything better. And And when you think about it, I mean, there's not one food, if it's from the source, that is unhealthy. So think about foods that are unprocessed, that are most nutritious. And then the cool thing about this is when you eat foods closest to the source, you don't overeat them. So you don't have to count calories. And then we make eating simple again. And that's where I think you can have fun with it. You don't have to look at the scale all the time. You know, when I had Brooks three months ago, I mean, guess who was bringing over meal after meal after meal? Mom. You, because food is love. It's sure. it's an experience. Right. And I mean, I remember my maternity leaves because of my meals. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't restricting myself. I was giving in because I knew it was homemade. It was full of love. And you just stop worrying. If it's real food from the source and it's homemade, right. your body knows what to do well, with it. Well, I remember it. one
0: time we're driving home from up north and I asked your mother, who has the healthiest diet you know and she said well i think you do and i'm like no it's it's your daughter because your daughter's nutrition plan i'm like more of a shark i just am functional you eat for fuel yeah and i like taste and, too yeah. but but she looks like it's effortless you know she's having her glass of wine she's having her cake when she needs it she's always saying she's not gonna she's not gonna waste her dessert on some crummy dessert exactly. right so it's intentional mm-hmm. it's mindfulness. But I like what you just said here. It's common sense. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I'm just going to get try to do better quality, which is back better to the quality. source. Yep. And if you cut through the macronutrients and reading labels and GMOs and all that stuff, yes. you kind of take that away. You don't have to worry so much about right. that. What other what other rules are, do you have when you think about mindful rules about to live by?
1: You know, I think a big one is planning ahead. You know, we talk about the 80-20 rule a lot. of the time you're eating healthy, 20% of the time you give in to the things you love. But it does require a little bit of planning and just being mindful of when you indulge. You know, it's got to be appropriate. Don't indulge in a whole pint of ice cream when you're sitting on the couch by yourself. You know, like save that for an occasion where Mm -hmm. you're experiencing it with others. It's a birthday. It's something special, right? So you can plan ahead for some of those things. And then you don't have the guilt. I think we feel guilty when we're overdoing because we overdo too much. And then we get to these situations where we want to make that a full experience with people. And it requires us eating certain foods. And then we feel guilty versus having fun with food.
0: I like that. Like, again, back to planning Like my day, you know, I'll never leave my house. You'll never leave the house without your food.
1: Yeah, you don't want to waste it. You know, on a Tuesday, I remember when we used to travel all the time and speak, we'd get up really early and we'd go to the airport. And, you know, the people that are forgetting their breakfast, they're in the line at McDonald's. And is that really worth it on a Tuesday morning at 5 a.m.? No, save that for a time where it is. So, you know, just planning ahead. I think weight gain only happens when you overdo. You know, eating a Christmas cookie is not going to make you gain weight. Right. But if you eat them every day, it will. That's where I think we run into issues. Back so. to your
0: plan, right? Being more of the mindful about that. Yep. What? Anything else you have in this? I have a few more. Um, I like what you just said. Extremes and food restrictions don't work. Mm -hmm. There's a couple. And then these are from you. We're giving you a few more. Um, You just said this, allow for special occasions. So you're planning that. Yeah. You're just being aware of that. Find things that make you live more mindfully. Mm -hmm. So talk about that for a second.
1: So I would just say, and I know sometimes you laugh at our, like, so our family, we love to go to coffee shops. (laughs) That's like That's our okay. thing we do on the weekend. <laughs> well, we try to go to a new coffee shop because, you know, drinking coffee, there's something where you're being mindful, you're sipping, you're savoring. We we had a rule for a while that we only drink coffee out of a mug. You know, we didn't have it in a to-go cup. We weren't mindlessly drinking it. Like find situations where you can fully experience things. And I think sometimes if we go to a new restaurant or we travel to a new place, it does allow us to see things differently. So so making it count. And when you are indulging, making sure that you're indulging in the right moment. You know, if you're going somewhere where you're on the water, indulge in seafood, you know, or it's got to be kind of the right time of, you know, you're not going to have sushi when you're in Utah. Like, you just have to be a little bit more mindful right. about what you're eating and where and if it, if it makes sense. No,
0: I, and I like that. Like, you use the mug. You're not going to drink coffee if it's not in a mug. So now it becomes more of an experience. But the
1: pro- sad part is then COVID hit Yeah. and coffee chefs weren't allowed to right. serve it in a mug. And that's Correct. changed some things, but we can always get back to that. And so, yeah, just, just slowing down, doing new things, you know, taking yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit, I think is a good way to experience things differently, especially when it comes to food.
0: Talk about this for a minute. So I'll, I hear you talk a lot about cooking at home. If it's homemade, everything's better. So, Every,
1: everything is so, better.
0: So I was doing a consult yesterday with a with a woman, and I said to her, she doesn't really cook, and I said, well, let me just share with you some simple things that I can make, and if I can make it, anybody can make it. And she was got. She was really excited, leaving that now she has some strategies mm-hmm. to help her basic stuff.
1: Basic stuff.
0: So. You, you can share that with everybody. I hear so many people, I don't know how to cook. Well, you don't have to be some kind of fancy cook.
1: No, you don't. And, you know, I love cooking. I mean, I'm a full-time chef, but I also don't want to spend my whole life cooking when I get home either. And I just did a cooking demo here in the office today. I didn't even cook. I just assembled. You yeah, know, it's it, I made a smoothie bowl and I made a salad. So I think if you're not a cook, but... You do understand that getting healthier starts with cooking more meals at home because it does. Stimulates your senses in a way that going out to eat just doesn't. And we know what's going into things. Just take your basics like your spaghetti, your chili, your burgers, tacos. Do all this. Everyone knows how to make those things. Just make your ingredients better, closer to the source, grass-fed beef. You're using a pasta where you can, you know, read the ingredients, You're you're choosing, you know, better buns. Maybe you're doing portobello mushrooms as the bun. So just simple things. And these don't
0: have to be like you have to learn all this stuff overnight. No. But now you're being more mindful. We talked about the pancakes yesterday. And I was just sharing with a simple Mm -hmm. oatmeal pancake recipe that there's nothing unhealthy in it. Oh, they're so
1: delicious. It's not
0: a mix. It's just – and again, so you know this – People ask me, how much do you put in? I don't even know what I put in. I just put it in there and I look at it and play with it, whether Uh it's oatmeal cooking on the stove or oatmeal on the run or whatever we're doing, you just... You get a little more awareness the more you do it.
1: Yeah, you make mistakes. Make I mistakes. mean, sure, things may not turn out sure. always how you plan them, but you've made pancakes so many times you never measure. They always turn out different, but they're always delicious. Yeah, they're
0: they're always a little bit different. So um, I think there's a, some value to making mistakes and playing around with that. The other thing too, I want to make sure that every all the listeners understand is that you and Matt are in a different season of your life than Mom and I are. Mm-hmm. We have lots of times, just me, her, and sometimes the grandkids in Floyd. But you're really busy. You mm-hmm. have a career. Sean has a career. Got young kids at home. But even with that being said, it's not that difficult to make meals. So I know sometimes we have to have some mm-hmm. really fast go-to meals or maybe I'm eating out or whatever it is, but the majority of your meals are at home, even though you do this all day long. And the other thing I'm gonna just mention real quickly, that we're not a fan of spending half your day on a Sunday prepping Meal for prepping. the whole week,
1: right. right? Yeah, it takes the fun out of it. I think it anything, anything where it. you you're taking the fun out of food defeats the whole purpose. You know, I don't know what I want to eat on Friday night yet. It, it's going to be simple. I mean, think about simple. salmon. I can sear it. It's I get a piece already cut, like a six ounce portion. I sear it with extra virgin olive oil, salt and pepper, maybe some potatoes, maybe a veggie. Meals shouldn't really take you longer than 20 minutes. I mean, I'm still making a priority to cook meals at home, even though life is Busy. nuts. But sometimes we make eggs right. for dinner. And hey, What do we have in We're
0: having oatmeal and eggs. Okay, Which that's there's fine. nothing
1: wrong with that. Yeah. So I think I won't ever give that up because I know mom did that with us, and I felt like it was a really good foundation. And so... Now, as, as I get older, I realize how important it, it is. And I learned so much. I learned how to make food tasty, and it didn't have to take a long time. And I want my kids to grow up with that, too. Well,
0: and I think survival wise, back in the day, uh, again, your mother's a really good cook. Mm-hmm. Um, but by survival, both of us were, is you guys got to get involved. Right. So you got to make <laughs> some meals here. You got to do
1: dishes, too. Got to dishes the and heck? meals and
0: whatever. Um, but I also think that's a skill to teach the next generation. Like this woman I had yesterday, she never thought about, she just doesn't do meals. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, let's just start. And, um, mm-hmm. and so she was kind of excited about starting some really basic stuff out of your cookbook, but not, not a lot of you know, expertise at all, just basic stuff along the way. So,
1: Well, that's the cool thing about this job now as the chef for the governor. You know, I didn't go to formal culinary training. But I do know how to make healthy and delicious meals that everyone loves. You know, it, it, it can be very simple. I may, I may not know some of the fine, you know, fine dining type tricks of culinary school, but you don't necessarily need that. You just need to be able to make healthy food taste good. And I think everyone loves simple. Everyone loves just those comfort meals. There's nothing wrong with a crock pot. There's nothing wrong with any of that.
0: Yeah, and as you know, I, the more you do it, you kind of tweak it and play with it. And, right. And then it becomes more of an experience. And I think the other thing, too, sometimes what I hear is that eating healthy really costs more. And you know when you eat at home, the price comes way down. Mm-hmm. It might cost you a little bit more from the ingredient standpoint. But if you cook it at home, there's nothing cheaper than oatmeal. Right. The basic stuff we we talk about. And so when I hear that, I sometimes like, well... If you did a, a piece of chicken and a cookie sheet potatoes and maybe some broccoli and some extra virgin olive oil and salt and pepper and whatever, that's going to be.
1: It's affordable. Out.
0: So affordable for everybody and versus you feel going good. out, right? And you feel great.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's it. I mean, our health is priceless. I don't ever think about what I'm. Sp- I, yes, I watch prices when I'm at the grocery store, but. It's food, it's fuel. It fuels my family. It makes it impacts my mood. It impacts my energy. So it's all about priorities. I'm not spending money on other things. Yeah, I you mean, know? You look at
0: an energy drink's going to be four bucks and or
1: supplements or, or supplements collagen or, yeah, whatever. The list
0: goes on and on, right? That's so that-
1: where you I think that's why people think healthy is expensive. They're thinking about supplements. Cuz supplements are expensive nutrients in isolated form are expensive but food isn't.
0: So when you say nutrients in isolated form, what do you mean by that?
1: Just nutrients that are not in nature's perfect package. Because we don't eat nutrients, we eat food. So I think where we get confused is where we have we buy something for vitamin C, we buy something for vitamin D, you know, we we're taking things for calcium, Omega three pill, but we're not understanding that. Hey, we take a shot of cod liver oil. We get vitamin D. We get omega threes. It's good for our hormones. So many different things. We're doing wheatgrass. We're getting all the calcium that we actually need. So there's no reason to have yeah, to. Yeah, because the highest source
0: of calcium is what? Greens, right?
1: Exactly. And I think, but but you know, TV and social media that doesn't do us any favors. But I think we have to understand that those things are designed to make money. So again, going back to our common sense, eating real foods, the reason people take so many supplements is because they're not doing the basics. It's the basics that will always win.
0: That's a good point because one of the things we always try to help people understand, whether we're using the food target, where you're just trying to upgrade and get close to the source, but if you build those foundational pillars, the food covers so much more ground. Now, people say, well, the soil's not the same and this and that, but I hear this every day. You know, I'm doing collagen powder. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm like, well, this is, are you doing the basics? And the basics are, you know, am I hydrated enough? Am I consuming things that are hot, close to the source, like uh, apples and bananas and fruits and vegetables? And the list goes on, ancient grains or, you know, we talk a lot about superfoods, our cod liver oil. We, the reason we promote our cod liver oil is it's high in vitamin. D3 naturally, because the livers are frozen on the boat, but also it's high <laughs> in omega-3 fats, good for DHA, brain health, the list goes on. But it also has pearl resolving mediators, good for your immune system. Mm-hmm. But again, we're not selling it in the gel tablet, we're selling it in the real deal. The source. Or the wheatgrass comes in ice cube form, or the spirulina corella, or we sell coconut or cacao, whatever. But the reason we thought about that years ago is like, how do we help people
1: mm-hmm.
0: get close to the source with some foods that are pretty... You know, amazingly powerful. And pretty much everything in the center of the targets could be called a superfood.
1: Well, and I think, like, people are so concerned about willpower, you know, and, like, staying on a certain plan. But willpower runs out if you, you're you dehydrated, you're not sleeping, or they don't have energy. You know, they've skipped meals. Maybe they're right. not doing breakfast. I mean, your willpower will run out. Right.
0: So it, it will definitely run it out. It
1: does require a little planning.
0: All right. So here's a here's question as we kind of wind down. Somebody comes to see you and they want to lose weight. What's step one?
1: Step one, I always tell people, is whatever it is you eat the most of, make it better. You're not giving anything up because that doesn't work. Restriction just doesn't work long term. You want to make everything better. So upgrading quality of ingredients. And I think the easiest way to explain this is when you put the right ingredients in your body, it knows what to do. It can absorb it. It can recognize it we know calories aren't created equal. So ingredients is step one. If you have a peanut butter that has five ingredients, move to a peanut butter that has one. And slowly you're getting closer to the source and the body heals from the inside out. You get healthy from the inside out.
0: So what I like to do is exactly what you're saying is I like to walk them through like tell me what you eat.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then we're going to take each one of those and we're going to try to make that a little bit better. Exactly. So, all right. So that's, that's the big one. Now the body's, again, not all all calories are not eat created equal. Mm-hmm. So we got to get out of the mindset, the belief system that I'm going to cut calories. Yeah. That's not where we begin. We begin with the quality of what we put in the body.
1: Yeah. Ingredients are huge. I mean, if you go into someone's house and you see they have a whole drawer of snacks, they have potato chips, they have crackers, that's okay. Don't necessarily give up those things, just make better versions. Yeah,
0: better condiments, better crackers. So as you increase the quality, your Mm -hmm. body's getting more nutrients. Okay, so that's a big one right there. What's number two?
1: I think number two, this is huge for weight loss, is a 12 to 14 hour fast overnight. The best thing you can do for weight loss is not eating after dinner. Now, the people that say that they're hungry after dinner and they just can't stop snacking, they probably haven't ate enough throughout the day. So eating those three to four hours throughout the day, but also stopping after dinner. So if you eat dinner at 7 p.m., ideally, you don't want to eat breakfast till maybe 9 a.m. And that is so crucial for weight loss because it allows your digestion to be better. It boosts your immune system. It helps you eliminate because you should be going to the bathroom right when you wake up in the morning. And you will do that if you give your body that time. So-
0: two things I want to kind of talk on that. So number one is when you talk about intermittent fasting, it's not that that's a bad thing, but for me, for what we've seen, when people really shrink their time, you know, my first book Mm -hmm. was called Meal Patterning Mm -hmm. and the patterns of the sumo wrestlers and how they gained their weight. And they're the champions of eating only one meal a day, but they, they eat a lot at one time. So what you're saying right now is easy overnight, circadian rhythm fast, 12 to 14 hours autophagy, cleans the body. Yes, great way to do that. So I, I like that whole, you know that's an easy thing for people to do, but they get their mind mind around that, okay, I'm and again, if they want to eat at nine o'clock, mm-hmm. you know something, hey
1: and I, that happens. It
0: happens, then I'm not going to eat again till the next morning till nine or ten, yes. maybe even eleven. but I'm not cutting out breakfast. Or and I'm not gonna eat at one or two o'clock in the afternoon because I'm done my coffee and my 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 butter that to get mm-hmm. me there, now I'm missing nutrients.
1: Well and think about it, it all goes back to common sense. It's a common sense fast. We we eat when we're awake, when we need fuel and when we're doing work, and then we don't eat when we're sleeping. You right. know, we should all be sleeping at night, and that will help you sleep better so, too.
0: So the second piece was what you're talking about is elimination mm-hmm. because if you don't have proper elimination, it's going to be hard for you to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And so when I worked with clients, I want to know, t- tell me exactly how many bowel movements you have a day. <laughs> and sometimes they'll look at me like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. But you should have probably, you know, a couple of bowel movements. And normally you're, this is happening first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I always ask my clients, do you have a bowel movement right when you get up? And sometimes they'll say No. They're probably not eating enough fiber. Mm-hmm. They're not hydrated enough. To, they're not consuming they're enough, not enough foods. They're not having enough
1: downtime either enough down because times. you're just going, going, going. Oh, right.
0: So, so right what you said, that's a big thing. So, okay. So step number one, we're going to prove the quality. Mm-hmm. Step number two, we're going to make sure we're fasting 12 to 14 hours. Mm-hmm. And we also have to pay attention to our elimination because mm-hmm. if we don't have good elimination. You're going to create toxicity and you're not going to be. So what would be number three?
1: So the third one is really the 80-20 rule. Because this gives you structure, this gives you a plan. Because you can upgrade ingredients, you can do your fast overnight, but you have to have some sort of plan that allows you to live healthy without giving anything up, without living a life of restriction. And that is 20% of the time you can indulge. You can still lose weight. That's the coolest part. You can have that cookie, that piece of cake, that glass of wine, But you're not overdoing it. You can still lose weight with the things that you love, which is, I think, that's what people want. No one wants to give anything up.
0: Well, I I like what you said here. So one of the things I hear a lot, especially from um, the women that we work with, that I drink too much wine and then I'm going to cut my... I'm no longer drinking Mm -hmm. wine. Yeah. Well, that's not what we're saying. Mm -mm. If you want to have a glass of wine, you can't have two or three glasses every night. Yes. And so when we get into that 80-20 rule, if you really looked at the 80-20 rule, it's not a 50-50 rule. It's not a 60-40 rule, it's 80-20, somewhere in that mm-hmm. range, right? Yeah. And if you want to dial it up a little bit, maybe it might be the ninety ten rule mm-hmm. or the 95-5 rule. But again, we probably want to stay in that 80-20 rule so we can repeat that.
1: Well, yeah, and it allows you to, and that's what mindful eating is too. You're eating with a combination of pleasure and purpose, And that's how food really should be. I mean, you don't want to overthink it, but you also want to know that you're eating for a purpose, but you also want that pleasure involved. And when you do have that glass of wine 20% of the time, say you save it for the weekends with someone that you love and you can have a conversation and you can actually focus on that then you can experience it better. Right. If you have a glass of wine every single night, one, it's expensive. So that's where people when they ask about food being expensive, that's what's sure. expensive. You can just enjoy it more and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you can drink in moderation, it's totally fine. But you do want to be able to experience those moments like
0: And the other thing too, I think as you as people eat cleaner, their taste buds change, mm-hmm. their energy changes. Yep. They're because again, food is medicine, food is information, but it's love and social. So so what else would you say to somebody? So now they're like, okay, I'm following this, you know, mm-hmm. this eighty twenty plan. I got the fasting mm-hmm. going on, I'm upgrading the meals. What else would you tell them?
1: You know, just be back to being mindful, you have to sometimes give in for the sake of others. I know We do a lot for ourselves and we should, and we should always put ourselves first because then we can help others. But you also have to think about others and how your eating affects them. And I think when you think about the 80 20 rule, it gives you room to pivot when you need to because food is connection. So, you know, if I go over to my mother in law's house, who I love, and she offers me her cheesecake or she picks up these beautiful desserts from her favorite pastry shop. I have to think to myself, before I say no, how do I give in for the sake of others? Mm-hmm. You know, what yeah. is that? What am I going to get out of it if, if I say no? Well,
0: and I, I, I like the word pivot. Yeah. So it allows you to not be so rigid. Right. You can be a little bit more of a flow or fluid of making that decision. Mm-hmm. But that's the key. I mean, that's what we've been trying to teach our whole career is how do you create a lifestyle that people can pivot?
1: Well and that's that's what the it gives you space. The 80/20 rule gives you space. Sometimes there's weeks where maybe you're doing 90/10 but you have that mm-hmm. space where if you splurge and you don't realize it or you don't plan for it, it's okay. It's
0: okay. Yeah.
1: And and also you're connecting in a different way. So and that's what food does. So you don't want anyone to feel bad. I mean, I know when and and we grew up this way. I mean, mom she thinks about food as love. So, if my husband doesn't have that second helping of her homemade hushway, <laughs> she, she, her feelings may be hurt. She never has to worry <laughs> about that. She <laughs> doesn't me. have to worry about that, but you know that is
0: <laughs> that's my problem. Yeah, so like, hey, what, why do you eat, you know why do you eat so much? It Don't does to- give
1: you that uh, that whole level of a deeper relationship and a deeper connection. So, you know, just and when you do, I think this is another key too is when you do splurge, you have to own it. Don't stress about it. Don't stress about it before, or during, or after. Just own it. And if you aren't overdoing it, you don't have the guilt yeah. either.
0: And if your goal is to lose weight, you get specific. This mm-hmm. is where I want to get. Yeah. Then you have to decide. I remember one of the clients way back in the day. Her name was Mary, and she said, "You know, I, I, when I heard you speak at one time, I kept you, you kept talking about like, what are you gaining? What versus what are you giving exactly. up?" And so I wanted to gain, I wanted to gain f- vitality and health and fitness, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like I was giving up the ice cream or pizza. I was gaining that. Yes. So again, part of what we're talking about today is shifting your mindset mm-hmm. around food and what you want it to look like versus a deprivation restriction, because we know that doesn't work. The, obviously, the, the statistics share that it doesn't work, but people still don't want to have Mm-hmm. I, they don't want to have something that moves a little slower.
1: Well, and you always talk about the art and science of dieting. I mean, I think we all know what we should be eating. I think it's the mindset that we all need to spend a little bit more time at. And I did mention this. You know, you you have freedom to eat what you want, but it has to be at the appropriate time. And every year, I think this is, I always make a point to look at some of these fast food the drive-throughs of these fast food restaurants the night before Thanksgiving. The lines are wrapped around the building. And I think to myself, these people are all gonna splurge on Thanksgiving meal. Is this the appropriate time to give in? Probably not. So I think just you have that freedom, but you also have to make sure that it's right. I mean, we went to Valentine's Day dinner on Monday night, and it was great. We had a babysitter and we had we were able to have a conversation without interruption but the food wasn't good and i knew as soon as they brought the desserts out it looked like they were from a box there was nothing homemade about them so i thought to myself is this the time to splurge probably not Mm -hmm. right i'd rather do it on something that's worth it so just understanding that and i think these diets. I mean, w- w- if we follow a diet, we're probably going to always be on some sort of diet, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it again and again and again. Where we need to kind of what we need to practice is a mindset, and that's when it comes to. Yeah, I really like the word
0: you mentioned too—is freedom. Mm-hmm. And I, I give people like we talk about that with freedom, with whether it's moving your body, you know, create a lifestyle, mm-hmm. a movement. Doesn't have to always. You, you mentioned Brady likes to play. I think more adults mm-hmm. need to play more, but that's the freedom to eat and move and, you know, the lift, the lifestyle. Sleeping is a big deal when it comes to weight loss, because if your body, you're yeah. not getting enough sleep, you produce too much, you know, gruelin and leptin, and they're the opposing gruelin helps mm-hmm. you, you know, gain weight, and leptin helps you kind of lose weight because it helps you be satisfied. So there's a lot of things in the human body when you line yes. it up. And one of the things I like to tell people too is, As you get your body working for you versus against Mm -hmm. you. So if your pH is out of balance, you're not consuming high quality Mm -hmm. foods. You're just focusing on eating less calories and working out more. That's kind of a disaster in the future because, again, your body's now moving against you versus with you. And I learned that a long time ago, you know, from my years of bodybuilding is how do you get your body to be more fluid
1: Mm-hmm. And more efficient. More efficient, and-, and
0: how does it work? So it's not so painful. I don't need to be doing cardio for an hour a day. I learned that in my you know, as bodybuilding mm-hmm. contests went on, I did you know, fifteen to twenty minutes of cardio, and that's all I needed. I didn't need to overdo it to try to burn more calories, right? right? So, there's
1: yeah, a and lot I think a that. point to that too is it depends what stage you are are in in your in your life. You know, I have two young kids at home. Matt has three young kids at home. Do we have an hour a day to work out anymore? No. I mean, I know time is all about how you prioritize it. I could probably watch less TV at night, but it just depends what I want to sacrifice on. And, you know, I used to work out and go to the gym for an hour. And now if I can do some sort of movement for 10 minutes, that's okay. But I'm still doing it. I'm still doing everything that made my lifestyle you know, healthy, right? So you're it's just, just different.
0: Yeah. You're just com- repeating it and you, you maybe do less of it. You have the freedom mm-hmm. to pivot and all the stuff that goes with that. So I think this is a great conversation because I think more and more people really, really struggle and changing their mindset. I mean, the first section of the book is your health begins in your mind. Yes, Weight loss begins in your mind. Dieting begins in your mm-hmm. mind. And then you have to decide like, do I want to be more fluid and more free mm-hmm. or do I want to be rigid and have a, such a structure that I can't pivot mm-hmm. off of? That's hard to do. So,
1: And we can have tactics and there's steps and we sometimes we need a formula. But I do, like you said, I do think it all starts in your mind and you're just thinking about things differently.
0: Well, and again, the tactics and strategies come, we, we could talk all day long about right. that. But this is the most important mm-hmm piece because once you get the mindset, you know, we always say, are you ready? Are you able? And most importantly, are you willing? So if you get that mindset, then, then you're going to figure out, uh, you know, I, I don't have an hour to work out today, mm-hmm. but I have 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to make a really super healthy dinner today, but I could do eggs or a smoothie allows me to have that structure yes. and that pivot. Yeah. That uh, way we go. So, So as we wrap this up, is there anything else you want to share with everybody? I think we've covered quite a bit.
1: You know, just trying to eat for purpose and pleasure. Try to blend the two, you know, enjoy your food, avoid fake foods, have more fun. That's, I mean, we live in this isolated world now, and that's what restrictions do. Restriction diets, they isolate us even more, and we just don't, we don't need that. So let's connect, and we'll do it through food, and we'll do it through healthy food, because that's a home run.
0: Because food is food is what food is love food is social love. and information and medicine but it's it's all of the above exactly so. Well thanks for taking the time today um, I know you've been very busy and um, we're gonna have you on another podcast soon so again thanks for for joining us today.
1: Great okay let's go eat
0: okay see you soon.